welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who take big pieces of wood and make them smaller. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk of a specific number of which I don't know because we're recording this ahead of time for a replacement show because one of us is out of town or two of us are out of town and this is what you get because it's better than nothing. Or one of us is being delayed because... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you notice, better than nothing with a question mark at the end. I don't know. Better than nothing? You'll have to let us know if it's better than nothing. Uh, But yeah, all the usual stuff, we're going to skip past that. We're just going to do another single topic show that we think you'll find entertaining, interesting, and enlightening. And this one is all about our woodworking confessions. Cue the sexy music, right? I feel like it should be like the monks in the background chanting. Chanting monks? Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure that fits, me. Matt, but okay. Forgive me, woodworkers, <laughs> for I have Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. All right, so woodworking confessions, things you might be surprised to hear about us. We've each got one, and then we've got a group confession, actually. That should be kind of interesting. Uh, so I'll, I'll lead it off, if you don't mind. Let me, let me find it. What is it? <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> all right, so we all know that a fundamental woodworking skill is to be able to mill things by hand, of course. Mm-hmm. Flatten yes. flatten surfaces, joint edges, make them nice and square to the to the faces, and then mill the other face roughly parallel. Uh, so my confession is that I have never, in all of my woodworking, milled a board four square by hand. <gasps> but and you've done it with a router. No, I've done it with a jointer and a planer. <laughs> uh, even when I use a router, I'm not doing that. I'm usually making one face nice and flat and then putting the other side through the planer. Oh, you know? okay. So, okay. so I've just Ooh. never had a need or desire to take a hand plane and make a board flat and square on uh, both faces and both edges. Just not, mm. not something I've ever needed to do. I don't know, Mark. You're missing out. I mean, you're, the you're out of the circle alone. of trust. Right Am there. I? You guys should sell me on this. Why? Why should I do it? <laughs> um, because it's really cool. <laughs> Convince me to do it. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone here. I'm sure a lot of folks who have more of a power tool focus just don't have a need to do it. And if anything, if I do need to do anything, it's typically just like we said about the router to flatten a face. So it's at least close enough to flat that it can get through the planer. The planer's, you know, at least 12 inches. In my case, 15 inches wide. There aren't many times I need to to flatten anything wider than that. So it's just never come across my path that, hey, you better do this unless I wanted to do it for fun. I don't, it doesn't sound fun to me. So it's just never happened. Yeah, that's pretty much my thing. Is the only the only reason I've legitimately done it was one, I heard it was fun. Turned out that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> two, I did it because uh, my jointer wasn't wide enough, so I I went that route. And three, I heard it makes you lumberyard famous, but that's never <laughs> that's the rumor. Me either. <laughs> that's a lie. Yeah. Well, and I know this is uh, probably know, even you, Shannon. How often do you wind up doing this? Actually, a lot more recently, but, yeah. uh, which is kind of ironic because now I have the 20-inch planer capacity. <laughs> now but, you don't need to. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is really ironic now that I think about it. Um, but it, it, just because I've been filming some very specific techniques for wide boards and tackling wide boards. Sure. Um, but, you know, and that's that's the reason, you know, the the it's, it's not so much that it's like super fun. It's that there will always be a time when you don't have the capacity when, you know, and I guess that's not true. You can go out and buy a 24 inch joiner, but you know, how realistic is that to have a battleship like that in your shop? Um, but 
you know, if you're really good with making panels and making flat panels and not having to do a lot of work out of the clamps, yeah. then, you know, you might not find a reason for it. Right. But I don't know. I think with all fundamental hand tool schools, it's just hand tool schools. I just said that. Oh, there's well, a whole bunch was, of them? That was Freudian. Freudian with for sure. <laughs> fundamental hand tool skills, it's just one of those things that it's nice to have in your back pocket, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I remember like the whole, uh, what was it, like the trestle thing you used for your router to flatten your Rubo. Yeah. You know, I just sat there and laughed at you. <laughs> the whole time yeah it's like just grab your hand plane man don't right. be afraid of it and i look at it and i say that's just way too much work to do with a hand plane i'd rather use my router i would rather do it this way we i mean that, uh, that's we'll never the thing. be lumberyard famous <clears throat> you can fly your own bench that's true I, I saw earlier today before we uh went on the air there was a, a video and i don't know how i stumbled across but it was somebody using a cnc in a similar manner to that router table setup or the router setup to uh flatten the face of a board and i thought man that's a lot of math <laughs> yeah, it can be just to get a flat surface. Yes. Cool. All right. So Matt, give us your confession. Okay. I have a whole bunch of them, but I think the biggest one for me, and maybe it's not all that shocking, but my confession is, you know what? I, I'm totally fine with not ever using exotics in my projects. I really, I give lip service to like, you know, oh, like Pennsylvania uh, uh, cherry is like the most exotic thing I've ever worked with. And it's true. And I don't have a problem with it. I So many woodworkers get really into this whole thing about like because i can use this super exotic wood therefore i feel like i have to use it and to me because i can use pine i'm gonna use it i i just don't really have a problem with it. and it's it's not that there's anything wrong with it i just i don't know i guess i'm a very vanilla type person and i don't have a problem with it because vanilla is delicious you know <laughs> what's funny about this though the way i look at it i see it a little bit differently with so many woodworkers now um especially with a lot of the new youtubers coming along most of these people are not using exotics a lot <laughs> of them are using reclaimed stock pine poplar plywood just you know whatever for for these you know quick week week by week projects and I don't see a lot of exotics being used. And in fact, I feel like sometimes I'm the only one. <laughs> the, so I feel well, like you're talking about me, Matt. Yeah, I, I don't want to point the finger, but I've got like 10 of them going right towards you. They're like one of the last hangers on to the like David Marks phase of we must use exotics and everything. Well, you know what? I, I will say that I, I think that it's they are absolutely gorgeous. When I see a, a beautiful piece that has some just you know, a beautiful color that is natural color. It came from the wood. I, I think it's very impressive. But then I, I think about what I like to work with and, mm-hmm. and what I tend to do. And it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, that it does look gorgeous, but it doesn't look like something that um, I would come out of my shop or that I uh, – it's not so much comfortable using. I just don't really have the desire to do it. Sure. Of course, my wife would also tell you the same thing about my cooking is very bland <laughs> too. So perhaps those two things go hand in hand somehow. It's also expensive. There you go. That's another yeah, one. And then there's the whole finishing thing. We all know that I am not the greatest finisher in the world. The few times I have worked with exotics, I have that moment going, wait, were you supposed to wipe the oily surface before or after you apply the finish? Why is this not drying? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you what, the exotics are really the reason I got into woodworking. I saw, I mean, I used to watch New Yankee Workshop all the time and yes. never really felt like, oh, I better become a woodworker now. Uh, <laughs> but I would watch David Marks and it really resonated with me. 
and the stuff he was building, the materials he was using on the show convinced me that there are things other than what I grew up with as what I considered wood basically would be oak and pine furniture. And that is what got me excited about woodworking. So I think as long as I'm able to work with exotics and can afford to get them or have clients that want them, I will right. probably continue to gravitate there just because it's where, where it all started for me. We don't, yeah, that's, and, that's a good point. I don't think I would have ever heard of or known what Bubingo was, yeah. was it, if it wasn't for Woodworks. Yep, David Marks. I think yeah, for a lot of people, David. that's probably the case. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I do want to, I do like to do with the, these very domestic woods that I tend to work with, uh, a lot of people are, are really, and hung up is not the right word. They just really like the look of having the the colors blend, the grains blend, and I am very much the of the type that kind of goes, I'll use that, that board next. Who cares if it doesn't really match in here? I mean, I mm-hmm. I do actually, I'm kind of joking around a little bit. I do take time to try to match up grains and match up colors where I can, but a great example is uh, Aiden's dresser, which was made out of cherry, but I made no effort to hide the uh, heart and the sapwood. I kind of have them blend together, so there's this beautiful color from the heartwood, and right in the center of it is where I've actually taken a couple of boards that had some nice sapwood, and I put them together, and I just let nature do its course, mm-hmm. and it, it you has that really distinct difference. I, I love taking these kind of domestic woods and looking for the, maybe this is something psychologically. I look for the ugly and I try to make it beautiful. I don't know. I think I like, I'm, I'm right there with you. There's no ugly yeah. there. It can be done I, poorly, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> there you I, go. I have yes. this, I have this, this, I don't want to call it an argument, disagreement with people all day long at the lumber yard. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really prevalent in the commercial industry. Everything has to be perfect. And I just want to say, you know what? They make composites now. Maybe you should just go there. <laughs> Maybe you should just gun? think about that. Because <laughs> if you really want it to be absolutely blemish-free and the exact same color throughout, you probably don't want wood. Because, I mean, what's the point, yeah, you know? Yeah. That, that's why we build stuff out of wood, because of the unique character to it. But kind of going with what Matt's saying, I understand a little bit. I think it's not so much that I don't want to work with exotics. It's just I feel like, and, and this contradicts what Mark just said, but I feel like they get overused sometimes. Like too much of a good thing. When they because get used, it, they get used a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You like think of the projects that have like four different species. Actually, it doesn't matter whether it's domestic or exotic. Four different species in the same piece of furniture. <laughs> it's a mess. You know, unless you're talking about like really small users like inlay or something like that, mm-hmm. but exotic wood, even like non-figured exotic wood looks figured just because it's exotic and it's got, you know, crazy color and there's often swirl just by the nature of rainforest woods, they tend to have interlock grain and it looks different. But you get people that use like too much of it. Like the entire thing is made out of a bingo with a quilted b- bocote something something top with an ebony inlay, and it's like, dude, it's it's just assault your eyes because there's just too much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what really kind of turns me off. That makes me want to agree with Matt. You know, I like cherry. I like walnut. I mean, I use it a lot. Come to the bland side. Which is almost the same expense and <laughs> the same price per board foot, at least walnut these days, as some of the exotics. No, you, well, you know, you, it's funny because, Shannon, I was thinking, I always, and I, I, I've referenced this one way in the past, and I can't remember when, but when you and I were at the Woodworking in America in Chicago in 2009, we were sitting together in a Brian Boggs class, and there was somebody just to the other side of us that was, his question, I, I still, this every time I think about the, the discussion about why you have to use exotics and stuff, this gentleman and I 
I have no problem with him wanting to use it whatsoever. But his whole thing was, and he, he asked Brian, he's like, yo, how do we get people to stop using like domestics and, and convince our customers that they need to have these <laughs> exotics? It was something along the lines of that. And I'm thinking, um, why? <laughs> why, yeah. why do we have to do that? And I think even Brian was kind of like, um, you Brian, go if I wants. remember correctly, Brian, like Brian's an incredibly polite guy. He's got that Southern charm to him, but he kind of in his Southern charm way laid into him a little bit. Like yes. to me using all these exotics and figure covers up poor craftsmanship and poor design. And it was like, like an awkward silence. And everyone was like, okay then. And then moved on. Well, you know, yeah, and there's w- a workability aspect to it as well with these exotics and Shannon, you would absolutely oh, yeah. confront this. And yeah. you know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the rocker that I'm building, the sculpted rocker. What a pain in the butt that thing would be out of Babinga. Oh my god! Oh yeah. my you know gosh, what I mean? Yeah. All I that rasp saw, work. Um, oh man, it would be. A I nightmare. saw the Maloof shop on on their Instagram account. They just posted like a entirely curly koa um, rocker. Wow! And I was looking at that, going, "Oh my god, what a nightmare that would be just to you're, to get it." Yeah, you you're, know, tear you're, out free. It would just and be you're awful. just talking about you know with these really dense woods, you know, two or three times as much physical labor just to get yeah. it down to the size you need it to be. Yeah, Bubinga is pretty nasty when it comes to density. Ugh. Yeah, it's rough for show. Sure. It's rough. All right, Shannon. You know, it was funny speaking to Shannon. I just want to say, Shannon, I have a feeling that you probably don't win the salesman award at work if you're constantly arguing with the uh, clients and telling them that they need to go with Cheaper lesser woods. grade woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the truth of the matter is, is our lesser grade woods are still a lot better than some people's. So. Oh there you go. well, in that case, yeah, you're yeah. still you're still working there now. You're fine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All, all right, right Shannon, so what about yours? My confession is going to throw all of my credibility and my entire reputation into doubt. So oh, sweet. Turn this up. Yeah, it wasn't very good to begin with. But when it comes to furniture, and I'm not talking about like shop projects and benches and shooting boards and things like that. When it comes to actual furniture mm-hmm. that leaves your shop and goes into the house somewhere, inside or out, I have never built a piece of furniture entirely <laughs> by hand. Ah, what? You son of a... Never done it. I, have I would like a refund there. on my free uh, Hand Tools school <laughs> membership. I'm canceling my courtesy membership. <laughs> there has been a time when I got behind and I quickly threw it through the planer, whether it was my old lunchbox planer. You know, so I, I flattened like six out of the seven panels and then the last side on that one panel, I was like, oh, I just got to run it through the planer. Or I planed everything entirely by hand. Now, uh, all the joinery these days, I don't have any other options. But um, I got down to the end, and I just couldn't, couldn't, could not, not, not get, get rid of the tear out. So I pulled out the random. But there has, there has probably, there have been times when I've smoothed it entirely by hand. But like somewhere along the way, I used a thickness planer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just thinking about this and. I, I was hesitant to say it at first because I wasn't sure it was actually true, but I just kind of went back through like the last 20 pieces I built in my head. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, no, no, there's always been an instance where I needed for one reason or another, or I used my lathe, you know, like my powered lathe before I had a foot powered lathe to turn a knob or something like that. Like right. the shaker wall clock I built a couple of years ago, the knob was turned on an electric lathe. So yeah, sorry folks. There I'm it actually, is. I, I'm not a hand tool woodworker after all. You're terrible. 
Yeah. The shame of it. The shame. <laughs> For shame, sir. Yep. Oh my but, gosh. You know, even my yep. most recent project, my Maple Display Shelf, apparently I've been told by an emailer that I betrayed all that is holy in the world because I used an HVLP to spray on the finish. <laughs> so that was close. The entire thing was done by hand from milling to finishing or to smoothing, but I used an HVLP sprayer. So uh, yeah. My eyes Sorry. are rolling. You can't see it, but they're rolling behind my yep. head. I know. <laughs> Just terrible. All right. Well, here's the thing. We've got a combined group confession here. And uh, and I have to say, we probably all came to this independently. Yes. Like, well, Mark <laughs> brought it up first and I immediately was like, that's mine. Like, hey, that's yeah. well, that's one I want to use. That was the same exact reaction. I've got it as like my number one on my seven note cards here. I'm like, uh, this is number one. And oh, you guys already took that. OK, I'll go to number two. Yeah, and I think this is going to require a little bit of clarification at the risk of sounding like we're not like team players Seriously. in some way here. <laughs> this so could go very poorly. Yeah, let's we... let's choose our words carefully. Uh, the three of us don't watch woodworking videos online, right? Nope. And I think uh, if if you guys let me speak for you for a second here, at least for myself, and I think we're very similar. Number one, it comes down to time. And with the time that I have to focus on woodworking related things, I'm either building furniture or making videos or writing articles or dealing with website crap, what, you know, the business side of things. So my actual spare time is absolutely limited that I don't have as much time to watch these videos or even woodworking DVDs these days. Um, the, the time isn't there. And I really have a lot of other hobbies and things that I enjoy doing and, you know, spending time with my family as well. My son is, you know, my favorite hobby at this point. So if I'm not woodworking, I'm with him. So I just don't have as much time as I used to have, and I, I just don't watch woodworking videos. Yeah, that's that's totally the thing with me too. Is I mean, I spend so much time working on things for the website, working on stuff for the show, spending time with the family. I have gotten to the point now that thankfully since it's heading into the summer, I'm getting caught up on some DVDs that I've been wanting to watch, and that's been a lot of fun because I'm not so worried because I am not a cord cutter like you guys. Uh, so I've got the TV blaring in the background all the time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, there are times I feel really bad about it. And it's in this to me, for those of you who have been listening for a long time, you know how like we go to the what's around the, uh, the web mm-hmm. portion of the show. And we're always like, this is us not watching the video. That's yeah. part of the reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just well, realized I that's your- the one exception is we do actually watch woodworking videos like, while we're doing the show. Well, and, and I should say when people send us stuff, you know, even on Facebook, Hey Mark, check this out. I will watch it before I share it, but I didn't seek that out. It, it actually landed in my lap. And, and right. just as an aside, you're, you kind of stumbled on your words and I just realized around the web should totally be around the whoopee. That brown the whoopee. Yes. <laughs> I like yes. That. that works for me. There's a lot of stuff around the whoopee. Now here, here's the thing. And this is not Mostly powdered sugar. <laughs> yes. This is not a new development either. Uh, back in the day, 2006, 2007, even then when it was all about like iTunes podcasts, I very rarely like, let's go back to what was Tommy Max thing? A rough cut. No, no, no. It's no. Wait, yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That's right. And then they used that for the TV show. Okay, so his show, I watched a few of like the Bombay chess things, but like I just never had enough time to sit down and go back and watch all of these things. So even way back then, and frankly, you guys are like my two best friends, 
and I don't watch your stuff. Like <laughs> it's the same for me too. I don't, like when you guys describe something, I'm always like, I have to go look and watch that. I'll make a note I better for myself. Go see that. <laughs> now I used to watch Matt a little bit because um, the, my I had a TiVo subscription to Matt's Basement Workshop, but they just move things around. Matt and both of us are no longer in the directory. So oh. <laughs> yeah, just be forewarned. Uh, but that's how I would watch Matt because you know what? I, I might be sitting on the couch or cooking dinner, and I could quickly uh, put that on and, and watch Matt's latest show. But it the other stuff sitting at my computer, I spend so much time at my computer. I don't want right. to watch woodworking videos when I'm there. And I think that's it more than anything else is, you know, <laughs> I, I just, uh, I've got to get away from the computer, you know, and yeah. go and do some actual woodworking or I'm doing some filming or, you know, it, it is funny because since I cut the cord, I actually watch more TV than I did when I had the cord <laughs> just because I can get it like what I want on demand. I want it, yeah. You know, but that's, you know, when it comes to entertainment time, I'm not actually reaching for woodworking anymore. I think I get enough of it um, as my quote job, if you will. Oh yeah. Both my jobs, right. Cause I, I'm dealing with the lumber side of it and dealing with the production side of it. So, but unlike you, Mark, back in the day, I was voracious. I watched everything. Um, I think I watched every single one of Tommy's earlier shows, his yeah. early show. I watched, you know, of course, Bob Rosieski at Logan, Logan cabinet shop, everybody. Um, and, and I, I think that's what kind of did me in yeah yeah because i was like saturated with it right you know it's the same thing you see with magazines if i can bring up that episode again yeah it's it's the rotating (laughs) cycle of every you know couple of years uh we did that in that issue before and it's like it's hard to find it uh anything new out there well and i think the thing right now that makes it a little bit more difficult is the fact that there is such a large community of people making videos that if you're not actively watching and commenting on those videos, you can very quickly be seen as an outsider, which I think the three of us probably uh, do suffer from to an extent. Yes. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm also wired kind of in the way that like I can't like if, if you have a TV series, I, I can't pick it up mid season. So like <laughs> there are like award winning shows that I still have not seen. I have not seen The Sopranos. I have. Oh, dude. My in-laws, my in-laws have every season on a DVD and they've loaned them to us. And both Heather and I have not seen The Sopranos because it's like we've got to parcel off some time. Well, now see, it's this, down it's this monumental task at this point. Because, right. And that's yeah. what's held us back. I haven't seen a single episode of Mad Men and I actually work in the advertising industry. I really need to – people keep telling either. me to do this. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I've got to start over from the beginning. So like I picked up The Walking Dead like midway through the second season and I think I spent an entire weekend watching Walking Dead, <laughs> just binged on it. And I, I was looking at um, like Richard McGuire, the English woodworker. I've mentioned him on the show before. He does some great stuff. And I saw one of his recent videos is like, I really got to go back and watch this guy. So I added them all. Like I did the iTunes um, subscription. They're all on my iPad right now. And I haven't watched a single one because it's like, I just don't have the time to sit yeah. down and watch all it that. Is. It seems Terrible. like a, a big investment of time. Yeah. Well, you know what I've done that's that I'm hoping will help is uh, I've had the YouTube app on my phone for a long time, but I've never actually signed in. <laughs> like I just kind of use it because <laughs> it's easier to watch videos when you get a link to a video. 
Uh, so I just pull open the app and I signed in and I'm like, you know, I do subscribe to a lot of the the folks who, who make a lot of videos on YouTube and I just never have time to watch it. Well, if my phone is in my pocket and I'm sitting there, I've got a few minutes to kill. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make an effort like every week to sit down and just see what's on the recommended list uh, for my subscriptions and watch a few of these and try to try to be a little bit more active uh, because I do I do feel bad about that. And there's some really great content being made. And I just don't, uh, you know, I have to make time for it in order for it to be something that actually happens. Right. Do you guys ever just feel totally daunted by the volume of content that's out there to the point yes. where it's almost like put my fingers in my ears and go, I just don't even want to know because I do know that there's some great content out there. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Matt Cremona. Um, I certainly haven't stumbled on him recently. I've known about him for a while, mm-hmm. but I see him post some stuff and I'm like, dude, I got to go watch that. And then I start looking around at his catalog and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff here. I don't want to yeah. get sucked into this. So then I just like, Nope, not going to do it. And I like turn it off um, because there's just so much stuff to look at. I think there is a white noise factor that's occurring now that it's a little bit, it might actually even now be very difficult to find the the cream of the crop because of all the white noise. Um, there are a lot of videos. There's a lot of people making a lot of videos. And, well, and that I know personally has seriously affected my content production because I just don't want to contribute to that. So I, like, I mean, shoot, look at my website. The last video I posted on there was almost a month ago. Yeah. And it's like, I oh, just good. can't so I bring myself. Yeah, you got plenty of stuff. <laughs> I can't bring myself to go and make something for the sake of making new content because yeah. I know it's been done six times over. You know, it's it's tough. It's an interesting time, you know, and I think that's the thing when, when, you know, when the Wood Whisperer started, when Matt's Basement Workshop, which, what are we talking, early 2006 to late 2006, yeah, there yeah. was nothing. I mean, there were a no. couple people who were in, like embedding little teeny tiny postage stamp style videos on their website that were just grainy and horrible. Uh, but that's when, you know, when we really started to get into this stuff. And I think I was right from the get go making videos that I never really made time for watching them. And now there and there was nothing at the time. But now there's just so much and I'm still in the same mindset I was in 2006, where it's like, well, I'm busy making. I don't have enough time for consuming. Yep. You know, so it's, it's, it's a change in mentality for me to even think about going into consumption mode. Well, you know, well, yeah, definitely now more than ever. I mean, going yeah. back to that time period when we first got started, there definitely there were these moments there would be waves. So you and I were like, look, we're in town. There's tumbleweeds going by. There's nobody here. And then suddenly <laughs> like a band would come flying through like a parade and then it would disappear again. And it's yeah. like. Oh, now there's nothing. So, yeah, there is this huge amount of stuff going on right now. And I have no idea. I, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think it's just more of it's going to keep coming and well, coming. So the, we won't have that. The barrier to entry was larger back then because it required understanding of RSS feeds and setting up yeah. iTunes directory. Yeah. If you weren't in iTunes, you didn't exist. Now iTunes is barely part of the conversation anymore. And <laughs> yeah, all you're it, on iTunes. Why? Yeah. And all <laughs> it really takes is a decent cell phone and a YouTube account. So, yep. you know, the, the barrier to entry is much lower. A lot more people are getting into it. So, um, which plays some of it into it, you know, plays to the fact, at least for me, the not watching thing, because I know I can get it really easily anytime. I'll just do that when it's a more opportune time, you know, right. Or there's going to be another one next week if you miss this one. (laughs) All right. Well, we got kind of sidetracked here on the whole, um, uh, video right. thing suddenly suddenly this show became all about the videos and what we don't watch yeah That's so right. much for, so much for the confessions thing my uh, confession is that we uh, got off track that we did and we do all the time 
All right, well, I guess that about wraps it up. If you've got some woodworking confessions you want to share with us, head to woodtalkshow.com, find this episode, and leave a comment. Let us know if there's anything you might, you know, be a little bit ashamed to admit, or, uh, I don't know, maybe you're a dedicated hand tool user that still uses power tools. Can you imagine? That'd be awful. Oh, my lord. Oh. <laughs> I think they call those hybrid deplorable people. That deplorable. Perfect word for it. Feathered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah, well, or don't be embarrassed about it. Own it. Own, Own it. it. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just wear it proud. Let it hang out. Yeah. Let, let your freak flag fly. Unless the cops say, put that away, which I would suggest then you maybe put it away because nobody deserves jail time over something like that. <laughs> no. All right, Matt, how about you uh, give them the contact info and we'll get out of here. All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, question, or like Mark said, maybe a a confession that you want to share with us? The door is open. We are now taking your confessions at the moment. You can, (laughs) or you know, you can, you can leave us uh, that confession by several different ways. You can leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is WoodTalkOnline. I'm trying to like be very soothing so that you know it's okay. Yeah, but you know a penance penance is coming, so. Yes. Yeah. You can call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. You can email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com or you can leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook page. Uh, if you're looking for the show, shows or downloads or any of that good stuff, you can find that over at woodtalkshow.com. And uh, yeah, we want to hear those. Uh, Shannon, you have to say 12 hail norms for your sins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, I want to know what the full text of the hail norm is, actually. That would be and, fun. And I'm going to work on that today. Light your candle for St. Roy. He's the only <laughs> yeah. other one that's going to be able to save you. <laughs> yep, that's true. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. See ya. All right, see ya.